to A Cup of Gratitude with Amanda Schaefer. Hi, I'm your host, and I'm so glad you stopped by. This podcast is really for anyone, anywhere, anytime, and it's about taking a moment to slow down and look around and actually see all of the good things that are there. There's an old question that asks, is your cup half empty or half full? But I think a better question is, what's in your cup? I mean, a drop of gratitude will benefit your life unimaginably more than a full cup of anything else. So let's settle in and take a look at how we can shift our focus and embrace the joy and the wonder of the life that we have. And once you start, you won't be able to stop seeing the good. And just like me, you won't be able to stop talking about it. And somehow that creates even more. Even in the midst of difficulty, even when it's really hard. Learn how to drink from a cup of gratitude. Welcome today. I'm speaking with Eve Eirik. She was born in the picturesque land of Estonia. Her journey has taken her across continents, residing in diverse places like Sweden, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom, and the United States. She's traveled to many European countries, venturing as far as Mexico and the Bahamas. Eve was born again in the USA through TBN. She has come full circle having her inaugural book in English, the diary devotional entitled My Intimate Conversations with Love, published this spring by TBN Trilogy Publishing. She's driven by an unrelenting passion to impart the heart of the Father God, love, and helping God's people to walk in greater intimacy with that love. Eve is a local Christian TV and radio host, author, and speaker, and she spends half of a year in Estonia and the other half here in the United States. Right now, she's in Estonia, and I I marvel at technology that we can sit here and come together to talk about our favorite subject, which is the goodness of God. Welcome, Eve. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be your guest. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for this conversation too. Our pre-recording call was really rich with connection and revelation and just God's goodness, which is my favorite thing to share. Um, Anyone that listens knows that I do things just a little differently here. And although we're going to get to all the good things that Eve is doing now, I like to start at the beginning because I've found that this is a way for us to really see that beautiful thread of God working in our lives. And you know what? When you're living your life, sometimes you don't notice a lot of the things that God is doing. And how often do you stop and tell your whole story, right? So I think that when we take the time to do this, sometimes we end up getting blessed and seeing places where God was or little things that he was doing or treasures that we had missed because we were busy living. So um, I really do love this practice. And also God writes the best stories, right? So the backstory is very important. If you're an author, you know the backstory is really important to to the main meat of the story and um, God doesn't miss a detail and he's in everything. So I was wondering, Eve, would you be willing to tell us a little bit about your childhood? Yes, I grew up in Estonia, just like you said, in a tiny country with my mom and dad and younger sister till the age of three. And then my dad suddenly left us for another woman. That broke my little heart. When I was six, my mom got married for a second time to a Latvian guy, so we moved to Latvia. When you moved to Latvia, you had to learn a new language, as well as having that family shift in structure. That must have been really hard for you. I think it really wasn't that difficult for a child to learn a new language. Well, but getting you live, a new you dad, live in Europe. <laughs> you live in yes. Europe. It's, oh, yeah. Here, here in America, we don't do that. And I oh. wish we would, because most of the kids I know that grow up in Europe, they, they can speak several languages. It's the time to learn. Yes. Yeah. So, so the new language wasn't that difficult for me, but getting a new dad and getting used to his kids was probably mm. more difficult. Mm. And it it kind of lasted for, for just about two years. So by the age of I was eight, we had moved back to Estonia. Mm-hmm. And by the age of 10, my mum had got married for the third time. Oh, this wow. time it lasted 
although I can't say it was a happy marriage. So having three different dads by the time I was 10 messed me up completely. And I became a very angry and very rebellious teenager. Hmm. Honestly, I, I don't blame you. That must have been very confusing. Did you feel that any of the new dads that came in, your stepfathers, really ever connected with you in the same way you connected with your father? Or honestly, did you ever connect with your father? I think I did kind of when I was uh, little, but I was only three when he left. Yeah. And he actually, his attitude was that he was not going to visit us while we were growing up, my sister and me. He decided that he was going to kind of uh, connect with us when we were older, like more grown up, so that we would understand why he left. Okay. But he... He, I mean, he didn't even grasp it that by that time he was a foreign man to us. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even know him. No, I never connected with any of my dads, kind of really ever. No. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that that was your situation, and I. I get in retrospect, knowing now, like what his original thoughts were that might have made sense to him at the moment but yeah without that consistency of of any contact with him he was a stranger he was he really was yeah. and that was really kind of difficult to even try to to connect mm -hmm. uh, later in life with him because I didn't know him anymore yeah now you you didn't grow up going to church you weren't a Christian yet no no I didn't yeah and so we'll talk about it later when we talk about when you did come to Christ. But I, I would assume with three different dads, no connection with any of them, it was probably really hard at the point that you tried to embrace God as a father. Yes, it was. It was really, really, really difficult. I mean, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I got saved when I was grown up. Uh, mm -hmm. I grew up under Soviet Union where... Mm -hmm religion was banned completely yeah so but somehow I knew deep down inside of me that there was more to life than just you know mm -hmm. you know what I could see and touch and smell and I think we all know that um, I think especially when we're younger and a lot of people just move forward and try to fill that space and try to try new things to feel complete. But I do believe that we're aware there's something missing. I know when I look back, I always knew it. And I look at the things that I did and really how they just took my life down a path that I wish I wouldn't have gone. Um but I also look at the things that happened to me that that made me look other places. And that's kind of what I hear in your story. You, know, you had a lot of restrictions, not a lot of connection. Growing up in the Soviet Union, you couldn't have even chosen to have a face. And you were restricted even to where you could go. You couldn't leave. As a matter of fact, you told me that when you were 20, that's when the Soviet Union collapsed and there were free borders for the first time. So what was that like? Yes, I was kind of part of a dance group, a folk dance group when I grew up. So we were able to travel a little bit outside of mm -hmm. Estonia. But yes, most of the time the borders were closed. People were not allowed to travel. But when the borders came down, then I just packed my bags and, and I went traveling by myself. I just totally wow. went the other way than most of my peers did who went on with their lives in a very traditional manner to university and then getting married. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to go. Do you think somehow that just wanting to go on your own was you trying to figure out what that more to life was? I think part of it was, yes. But I just wanted to explore the world and see the world and not be stuck somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I can't even imagine what it would be like 
I've grown up with so many freedoms, right? And I think a lot of us take them for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, I did nothing, you know, to be born where I was, when I was. If I was born at another time and another place as a woman, I would have had a completely different experience. You know, I'm Caucasian. I came from a fairly wealthy background. I've had so many bits of favor before I could even speak, you know. And I think it's so important just to stop for a moment and pause as we're listening to your story and realize there are people all over the world that are constrained by things that they can't do anything about. It's true. Yes. Yeah. So what was it like getting to go explore the world? It was it was fun for me. I uh, I went to I mean, you you. You you already mentioned the countries when I traveled, mm-hmm. and um, but I didn't. I did actually see at one point. I looked at my life and I saw that I, I was escaping. I was escaping from myself, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't even know how to stop. So I did not stay in one place for too long, mm-hmm. to so the people would get to know me, the real me. I would uh, pack my bags and leave and go to somewhere else so that it would be more exciting to me. So I was sort of looking for excitement in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I, I did similar things. I was looking for more, you know, more, quote unquote. And I think I had this idea that having some kind of relationship with God, some kind of faith would make life boring and really restricted. And I found the converse to be true on the other side, that it's the most exciting, adventurous, abundant life, (laughs) you know, living the way that God intended and being with him as we walk through our life. Uh, You ended up going to Sweden and then England where you got no pair job at one point and you had told me that when you were there that you had actually trained to work in the casinos well, did you do that what did you do next what was that experience like yes I wanted to uh, I trained to in casinos in order to go to work on cruise ships in the states but I didn't get my visa right away. So the, I went to Ukraine, to Kiev, where mm-hmm. I worked in a casino for about a year. And then I got my visa and I went to work for Carnival Cruise Line. So I traveled from Florida to Bahamas on my first ship. Mm-hmm. And the second ship went from California to Mexico. But I stayed on ships for about a year and then I left. I decided to stay in Los Angeles, California instead. Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds really exciting. It was, but I couldn't stay again in one place for too long. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing that theme. So you had said when you first said that, that you didn't want to stay long enough for people to really get to know the real you. And another point you said you are running away from yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you think about you that you really didn't want to look at? I think, uh, I mean, I, I completely grew up with rejection, with a spirit of rejection. And I, mm-hmm. I couldn't allow people to get close to me because I was completely sure that they would not like me and they would reject me anyway. So I kept running. Yeah. So it was kind of a protection from being hurt. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. You, when you moved to California, had a pivotal experience there that we talked about during our pre-recording call. Could you tell us about that? Yes, I did have a very, very powerful experience with God in California. I got saved through TBN. I was clicking through TV channels to find something interesting to watch while writing Christmas cards to my family. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I stopped at TBN and began to listen. I remember that I didn't understand anything, but suddenly tears started to flow and they just kept flowing. And I was sitting in front of the TV and thinking, 
nothing is wrong in my life. Why am I bawling like a baby? Mm. Of course, now I know it was the Holy Spirit. But yeah. then I didn't understand. I just knew that I was touched in a way I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And when the man on the screen, who was Benny Hinn, finished preaching, he said that if someone had given their life to Christ, which I had just done, to call the number on the screen. So mm-hmm. I did. A man answered, and to my great surprise, he said, hi. And I was thinking, like, why does he not say anything else? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a prayer line. Yeah. So I blurted out, hi, I just got saved. Would you pray for me? <laughs> he was quiet for a moment. And then he said, ma'am, you've got the wrong number. Oh, no. And I later thought, wow, this is how God moves. He lets a newly saved, enthusiastic kid to call a stranger to let them know that they need to get saved. Wow. Wow. That was kind of fun. That That is pretty fun. Um, did, you, do you, did you ever pray for that man? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. I was I, I just got saved, so I don't know whether I prayed yeah. for him. Yeah, I just like listening to that part of the story. I was just wondering, because I know that when I first got saved, God just changed my heart about so many things. I ended up, I had been married before, and uh, one of the first things he did was have me start praying for my ex-husband, his oh, wife, wow. and their and their kids. And they ended up down the line coming to church with us. I ended up uh, discipling his wife, and they all got wow. baptized. They all got saved. And so you never know what God's going to do with that, like, childlike, enthusiastic faith, right? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So I love stories of when people get saved outside of church. Not that there is anything wrong with being saved wherever you get saved. But I think yeah. it shows us how it's how important it is that that ministry can happen anywhere. And God knows exactly when your heart is ready and the Holy Spirit can move anywhere. I was saved at home as well. And so, you know, uh, I think it's really powerful when people hear that, especially people who have traditionally always gone to church, um, you know, and maybe just have uh, ideas about faith that are based on only one experience. They've always gone mm-hmm. to the same place. Um, just yeah. to know that God will go wherever he needs to go and move whatever he needs to move um, to meet us when we're ready. Yes. Yes, isn't it that, does. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's so Am beautiful. I, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So um, what happened next? You, you, you were suddenly saved. What'd you do? I found a home church for myself in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved the people and they really loved me. So I had actually found a family for myself. And I was like a sponge living in. Mm-hmm. I, I just basically lived in front of TBN and in in the church. I mm-hmm. sopped up absolutely everything that was said for months. Mm-hmm. But my visa was running out. My idea was to stay in the States without a visa. I didn't mind, you know, ever getting back to Estonia. But God had other plans. Doesn't he always? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, So one Sunday morning, a pastor asked me to go to the front and he presented me with one way ticket to Estonia that my church family had bought me. I was completely shocked. I did not want to go back home. I had left so many broken relationships behind that I did not want to face them again. But God had an other plan. Mm-hmm. Was there any part of you, even though that was such a blessing, that wondered why didn't they give me a round trip ticket? I think I did understand what God was about to do. Mm-hmm. He He wouldn't let me to leave my country you know, leave so many broken relationships behind. Mm-hmm. So I did understand what he was doing. But I did hope all the time that, you know, that he would uh, send me back to the U.S. like very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he did. It's, it's funny because there there are these seasons and these times where God places us, you know, exactly where we need to be to address our heart issues and to address 
broken relationships and Mm -hmm. to learn how to love people with his kind of love, which is so different than our kind of love. You know, it's sacrificial love, love that wants to make peace, love that wants to heal, love that looks at the other person's hurt or need, uh, not just at our own. And so I think he grows us in those places because he knows what's next, but he wants us to be complete and healed so that he can use us for the next thing. Amen. Yeah. So what was that like? Where did you start with dealing with how you felt versus where you were? How did you begin to get in line and in step with what God had for you? So it's it's quite interesting because no one taught me what to do. I it must have been kind of straight God speaking to me because when I got to Estonia, I felt like he told me to take two pieces of paper and on one to write down the names of all the people who had hurt me and in Mm -hmm. what way. And on the other piece of paper, he told me to write down the names of the people who I had wronged. And he told me to take those two lists out every morning And to forgive every person who had hurt me over and over again. He also told me to go to every person who I had hurt and Mm -hmm. to ask for their forgiveness. So I did that. And my family actually could not believe that I went to each of them and asked for their forgiveness for being such a jerk. Mm -hmm. I remember that my stepsister said to me that she had never met a better person than me. It was a complete shock to my family that I had changed so drastically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were able to see Christ in you. I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. So as you asked for forgiveness and you continued every single day to prayerfully forgive those who had hurt you, what things did you notice changing in your life? In about a month of daily dose of forgiving those who had harmed me, something happened. I experienced joy. Mm. I never knew what joy was. I mean, I had been happy, of course, but my happiness always depended on what was going on in my life, whether things went well for me or Mm -hmm. not. So I kind of expected the joy to also be quite brief, to Mm -hmm. leave me at some point. But I woke up every day with that joy. So to my great surprise, it did not leave me, even when things did not go my way. Mm. And that was a completely new new experience to me. It was just so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's actually all one fruit, but um, it's it's one of the ways that we can see that the Holy Spirit is with us. And, you know, I I often hear people talk about joy or peace that makes no sense. And that's because literally when Christ comes into our life, he brings everything that we need. And it's supernatural. It's beyond feelings. It's not just a feeling. And you're right. It's not dependent on circumstance Mm -hmm. at all. Um, So, yeah, that's an amazing thing. So, how wonderful um, to to know that things were changed, to have other people who knew you your whole life see that you were changed. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do next? You, you had told me you were an interpreter at one point for pastors in churches. Did that give you kind of a, a various, you know, experiences of different churches? Did that give you some flavor Uh, different than what you had experienced so far as church? I just loved uh, translating foreign pastors and missionaries. I was still hoping that God would take me back to the States very soon, which did not happen very soon. But I was learning so much from from those pastors and missionaries. I was truly blessed to be like immersed Mm -hmm. in the message. I didn't really, you know, make the difference or kind of uh, it wasn't important to me what denomination any pastor or someone was. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, learned from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Again, during that season, God was edifying you. He was empowering you. He was growing you and teaching you so that he could take you to do what he had for you to do. So Mm -hmm. he led you to an online 
ministry. Why do you think he led you there? It's kind of interesting that when I had been in the church for seven years, the Lord told me to leave that church. And I was actually really scared. I, I thought that God, I mean, what if I'm going to fall away now? I'm, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. But that's when he led me to an online ministry. And I just completely hung on to them and began to daily listen to teaching and preaching. And and I, I suddenly realized I was growing even faster than before. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. You know, I've seen God use the Internet um, and online uh, connections and ministries so much, especially since the pandemic. Um, so many people launched into this mm-hmm. kind of other world. And you know how in Joshua where he says, At every place that you set your foot, I will give you. And I had this kind of understanding during the pandemic that when I ventured out into the Internet, that God was going to literally take me to new nations and have mm. me set set my footprint. It was just going to be in a different way. And so, yes, although the Internet can be a scary and negative place where some really horrible things happen, it also can be used for good. I mean, look at yes. us like we wouldn't mm. even know each other nor could I share your story with other people all over the world. So I love how God kind of has continued to give us promised lands, even ones that we might not ever physically get to. Yes. Isn't it amazing? It's so cool. It really is. Somebody once asked me in an interview, what was the setback that I had during the pandemic? And I said, I don't think it was a setback at all. I think it was a springboard it was a Mm -hmm. springboard yeah so um I know that it was a reset button for a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so when when you were on this online ministry do you feel like part of what you learned and this is not something we talked about before but something I'm just thinking of now part of what you learned was to show up regularly, to be intentional. It wasn't like you had a physical place where people would notice when you weren't there, that it really kind of grew that part of you that obeyed and wanted to be in accordance and abiding with God on the regular. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I just really, uh, before it was more like, you know, I attended all those different things that were in the church and uh, when I had to go and translate. But now I, yeah, I had to daily do it myself mm-hmm. to discipline myself and um, and learn. Yeah. You told me that you had started writing prayers that came directly from the word of God, which is powerful. What did God do with that writing? He, um, I started to uh, collect or kind of gather around me women who wanted to daily pray. Uh, They wanted a daily prayer partner, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote prayers from the word of God, like praise, prayers and, and, uh, Prayers for healing, prayers for family, prayers for marriage, all different kind of subjects. And Mm -hmm. um, we prayed the same prayer. I I would put together a prayer and insert all the names of the ladies who wanted to join. And so we prayed the prayer for about 50 to 60 days in a row. And then I would change the prayer. So Mm -hmm. we were covering each other with prayer and we were praying the word of God. And actually, yes, one of the books that I have written uh, was born out of those prayers because I just collected them over the years in, under different subjects. Mm-hmm. And uh, a book, yeah, came out of that. Yeah, I love talking to people and finding out that when they follow God in the everyday 24-hour kind of assignments, that he'll then go back and say, oh, look, if you look at it all together, you created something bigger. And there's this perspective shift, right? When we're obeying mm-hmm. God every day, you know, yes. and then his 
bird's eye view of what the bigger plan is. And it reminds me of this story. So funny what God will drop in my spirit when I'm recording. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it reminds me of this story of this time where I had an older car and I was Mm -hmm. a newer, newer Christian with an older car. And the window right on the driver's side, it was an electric window, had Mm -hmm. trouble going all the way up. And I was driving around and I heard on the radio that this giant storm was coming and I kind of looked up and saw all the clouds and I looked over at the window and I thought, oh, my goodness, am I going to be able to get this up? And so I would pray, I would hit Mm -hmm. the button and it would go up an inch. I would pray, I would hit the button and it would go up another inch and did this over and over. I just kept driving around and praying, God, I trust that you're going to raise this a little bit more, right? And eventually it went all the way up and I pulled over and I was like praising God because it really was broken. And I realized something in that moment. And he's like, Amanda, that is what I require of you. Just a little faith at a time. I'll take care Ooh. of the, the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. So I think what you were just sharing is just such a great example of that. So yes. with that with that book, mm-hmm. like, did you suddenly decide like, oh, I would like to write more? How did you get to the point where you you started talking about God and love? Was that another assignment from him? How did that happen? It was just like we said, I. I had grown up without a good father, so it was very difficult for me to relate to God as a good father, really difficult. Mm-hmm. So about, I don't know, about 15, 18 years ago, my heavenly father began to open my eyes and heart to his love. And he actually instructed me to read my Bible by swapping God for love. So wow. I commenced to write out scriptures for myself, exchanging God for love. When I read through the text I had drafted, I cried every single time. God was truly quickening my heart to his passionate affection for me. Mm. And he was pulling down the walls that I had built around my core in order to protect myself from further sorrow and disappointment and distress of a rejection. I mean, I I had been so open to spiritual truths. I was hanging on to every word I read in the Bible, yet I had not been introduced to the heart behind those words. Mm-hmm. I was not familiar with the love. And so I, I was actually quite harsh toward myself and others. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that, but but I was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. since my father betrayed me as a little girl, my heart got completely locked up to true intimacy and devotion. Yeah. I didn't even think that I deserved something like that. Mm-hmm. So I knew so many spiritual truths. I devoured my Bible. I prayed the word of God daily. I taught others. I was a veritable prayer warrior, but I was not acquainted with the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. I did not I don't I did not know him as love. Yeah. And I did not comprehend that I even merited this most beautiful and beneficial and brilliant of divine endowments. Yeah. And this made me religious and cold. Yeah. I taught the truth apart from the heart behind it. Yeah. So God began to teach me his love. Yeah, that's powerful. It really is. It reminds me of a time where I felt like when I read First Corinthians 13 and I was looking at God's love and how it's compassionate, like I was saying, how it's sacrificial mm-hmm. and how, you know, it, it looks at the wounds of others before it talks about itself. Right. And so I went yes. to First Corinthians 13 and I had a similar challenge where God told me to replace every time where it said love with my name, you know, mm-hmm. and it challenged me to what his kind of love is supposed to look like in my life. So I love that he showed you by replacing God with love throughout the scripture that his heart, that his his existence really is love. God is love. He doesn't just love us. He is love. And um, because you didn't have that unconditional love as a child, how would you? know that you could expect that of God. And so he was restoring your identity. He was restoring 
the identity of daughter to you mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time that he was showing you who he was. He was showing you who you were, a chosen, yeah. loved, not rejected daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, you had told me that your sister lives in the States, so you've been able to to visit. During COVID restrictions, you were able to stay here a little bit longer. I get the impression from talking to you, the answer is yes. Do you like being in the States? Yes, I do. I mean, my heart is still there. Mm -hmm. I love my home country, but I also love the States. I kind of know that there is something for me in the States as well. Because my heart is still there. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why God has that duality in your life. Like, why does he have both? And probably my best guess would be because he has people for you to minister in both places. I do believe that. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you had told me that when you were young, your mother, and this is back when you weren't able to go to church or have religion. Your mother had written the Lord's Prayer on a piece of paper and gave it to you while you were under Soviet rule. And my question would be, do you still have that paper? And what did it mean to you? Yes, that was uh, when uh, I left the country. I was so young. So my mom gave me... um, the Lord's Prayer. I didn't even know that she kind of knew it by heart or that she was praying it. I don't have the piece of paper anymore, but I did start praying that prayer daily when I left mm-hmm. home. Wow. And I do believe that this is what led me to a very radical salvation at one point. Yeah. You know, Uh, It's interesting because I grew up going to church, but never connected with it. It was a lot of rules and regulations. I didn't know Mm. I could know God. I couldn't know I could have a relationship with Jesus. And so seeds were planted, though, right? I heard things, truths about God. I um, had those seeds in, you know, in my heart. And then there came this time I stopped going when I didn't have to anymore, when I didn't live with my parents and mm. uh, went through some really rebellious, difficult times. But there was this time where I was very anxious. And I remember I started to pray the Lord's Prayer when mm-hmm. I felt that way, because it was just this rote thing. But like there was something in me that I think believed it. Right. And so. Yes. I would pray it over and over again. And it was very soon after starting to do that in times of fear and anxiety that I radically accepted Jesus. And so I think like those seeds, they were scattered. They were put there, right? Somebody did their job and scattered them. They were there and the seed is God's word and his truth and it's alive and it's active. But I think it can stay dormant in a heart that has no exposure to the reality of who he is. And so I think by praying the Lord's prayer, you know, it was just this little bit, this little sliver of faith to do that. And in doing Mm -hmm. that started kind of breaking open the seeds for roots and plants to grow. Yes. Yes, indeed. That's so cool that, that your mother did that for you. Yes. I I mean, I guess mom would worry about a child. So yeah. She yeah. didn't know where I was going or I mean, I mean, she knew my first stop, but you yeah. know, I was very independent. I was just just go. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, you and I talked a little bit during our pre-recording call about something that I call my back pocket list. So there are these ideas that I have that I absolutely know are from God. They make me really excited as projects, um, but perhaps I don't have the time right now to do them all or I've started them and I know that it's not in his timing to do it at the moment. Um, And most creatives that I speak with have something similar. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering, do you have any idea of what's next for you? It's really interesting. It's Honestly, I do not quite know what God has for me at this point. I feel that I'm going through very big changes at the moment. Mm -hmm. But 
I know that I will continue to share the heart of the Father with the people because that's my passion. I believe that Christians need to come from, you know, just just knowing about God to the deep relationship with the Father, with love. Yeah. In order to become who we were created to be, because without knowing love intimately and personally, Mm-hmm. We can't really grow into full maturity in Christ. It's not possible. So yeah. I will continue to study the word and write, which is my passion, and uh, see where God takes me. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't really show me often things far ahead. I mm-hmm. can see something through haze or yes, yeah, like am. a glimpse, a glimpse. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but Mm -hmm. he wants me to trust him. And now when I know his love, I can trust him. I can rest on not knowing. Yeah. Now, just as a reminder, and I typically do this more towards the end of the recording because I know you're so busy listening, you might forget. But I will have in the show notes ways for you to follow Eve on social media as well as to get her book because I think this is such an amazing idea of doing a book about love Um, you had you had told us about how it was personal for you how did you turn that into a devotional how did you make that into a book that people would be able to interact with what's it like I kind of uh It was interesting. I I started to write those uh, verses out and then those verses started to turn into more and more into a conversation with love that I actually talked to him and he talked me back to me. But it's Mm -hmm. all all from the word of God, but it's made into an intimate conversations. Mm. And um, so, I I mean, this book has uh, taken about 15 years minimum to actually be birthed because wow. I I wrote you know some parts and then I put it into the you know put it aside and then I took it out again and I wrote again it was uh, kind of um, it yeah it, it took quite a while to to be born that book and then I added praise that uh, this I put a small conversation on one on each page. Mm-hmm. I added prayer that would uh, help the reader to go deeper into the heart of God, to ask those th- things for themselves, mm-hmm. and then some lines for them to write what God was telling them or what they would and what they would like to say to God. So that it's very personal, very interactive. That uh, it's not that. You, you can read through it and not do anything else with it because it mm-hmm. still speaks to you. It's still the living yep. word of God. It's still mm-hmm. conversation with the love. So you can use it this way. But if you want to go deeper into the heart of the father, I would kind of really take time to listen to him and talk to him and write those things down because mm-hmm. it's really good to come back to those things and what and see what God was telling us at that point or at another point and even put the dates there put yeah. down the dates yeah because i think it does speak to us i think that's a really um really powerful thing to do and honestly i think we spend so much time reading or speaking yeah. and not enough mm-hmm. time listening true so true so yeah so god is always has things he wants to say to us and so if you do it that way that goes deeper um, we begin to listen better and i love the fact that you suggest dating it because i'm always reminding people that you know we function under a created chronos time right that goes day by day Mm -hmm. uh, probably because we can't handle more than one day at a time or we get too far ahead of ourselves or stuck in the past but god doesn't work in that time he's in kairos time and so he works in these large chunks of time and oftentimes he's saying the same thing maybe seven different times in different ways maybe some of it's some of it's uh, you know directly 
to us and we hear him. Some of it's in scripture, some of it's out mm-hmm. in creation, some of it is something somebody says to us or shares. And so we miss some of those things. And when you date it and you keep going back and looking and re-asking and having these conversations, you begin to see, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's the same truth. Here it it's is again. True. Here it mm-hmm. is again. Um, and so it's so beautiful to me that he relentlessly pursues us with that love and in that truth. And he's patient and long suffering for us to kind of finally hear what he's saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's a great practice. And so your book sounds like it is set up for us to hear. It's it's. It has taken a long time to write it, so it's kind of yeah, God adding. Yeah. And there's also a part from marriage, from from married couples, mm-hmm. the prayers and and what God uh, is saying about marriage, and kind of in a very beautiful and loving way. That's awesome. Now, you when you were young, you had told me that you thought you found your identity in people pleasing. Mm. And. I wanted to say, as a former people pleaser, um, what would you say your identity is now? Yes, and when I was younger, I was just so utterly broken. And yeah. my greatest fear was rejection. But God taught me what it means to be a son of God, what it means to be his beloved. I mean, we're mm-hmm. all sons of God, men and women alike. We're all mm-hmm. sons and heirs. and. Uh, I can't say that I've arrived. I don't believe that we will ever arrive in this world, but that's where I'm kind of moving toward to really understand what it means to be a son of God and walk this earth as a son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Again, we always pray before we start and we ask God to drop things into our mind, our spirit that he wants to talk about. And so here's this other thing as soon as you said that this memory came there's a song and i can't even tell you what the name of it is it's just a worship song that comes on when i put on random worship and the real words when i'm singing it are supposed to be god i can't believe how you love me and Mm -hmm. this one day and i knew the words this one day i was worshiping and i found that what i was saying instead was every time there was that part was darling, can't believe how you love me. And I caught myself and then I kept saying wow. it. And it was like, I wasn't trying to say it. And afterwards yeah. it was like, oh yeah. my goodness, I was calling God darling. And so then wow. I looked, what does darling really mean? And it means beloved. Mm. Yes. And so in the same way that we're beloved to him, like he so desires for our heart to call him beloved. And so it was this beautiful thing happened while I was worshiping. I'm sure the Holy Spirit helped me, you know, to do that. And it's such a precious memory of calling him darling. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It really took Mm -hmm. me aback. It was something I'll never forget. Wow. Now, when we were talking, you had told me, you know, this is called a cup of gratitude. It's Mm -hmm. obviously it's important to me, but it's important to me because I think gratitude is important to God. Um, And you you had said that it's always been important to you. And I was wondering, why is that? At one point in my life, um, all my secure income disappeared. And it was just around the time I was writing my first book and I had started doing Bible teaching on a Christian radio. I mean, nobody paid me for either of those things. Mm-hmm. Also, suddenly a debt that I had known not known about hit me. I tried to negotiate about the debt to get some extra time to pay, but I received no mercy. Mm. So I had to I had to start the debt payments right there and then when I had like no income I did not Mm. know what to do so I went before God to get some answers and God told me something that I did not want to hear at that moment Mm. he told me to praise and thank him more than I had ever done before I mean I had just lost almost all of my income and Mm -hmm. some other extremely unpleasant things had happened on top of Mm -hmm. that 
I had no desire whatsoever to praise and thank God more than I had done so far. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly felt like I wanted to pull a thick blanket over my head and never face the world again. Mm-hmm. I really longed for someone to come and hand me the money I needed on a tray and erase everything unpleasant that had happened. But instead, my heavenly father told me to start praising and thanking him more than I had ever done before. Mm -hmm. I felt like, are you serious, God? (laughs) I mean, you can lift me out of this ditch like right away. And instead, you want me to do something that is so exceedingly hard for me at this point. I did not think there was anything much to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. But I did obey. That's what I had learned to do, to obey. I had a small dog at the time and I walked the dog for for about an hour every night. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would dedicate this entire hour to praising and thanking God. So I stepped outside on the first night and I started thanking God and I found two whole things to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. I honestly could not find anything good but the fact that there was beautiful snow outside and the roads were clean so well. So I then began to thank him for the beautiful snow and clean roads. Since I had made up my mind to thank him for an hour, I had Mm -hmm. no choice but to thank him for those two things for the whole hour. (laughs) So for for about two weeks in a row, I spent one whole hour daily thanking him for the beautiful snow and clean roads. Then at one point, I added to my list the warm, comfy clothes that I was wearing, not having to feel the cold. So Mm -hmm. every day while walking my little dog for an hour, I thanked him for those few things. And I literally found nothing else that was right in my life. I was that blind. Yeah. Then suddenly after two or three weeks, my eyes were opened and I saw how incredibly ungrateful I had been. I mean, God had blessed me with so many good things. He had answered so many of my prayers, but I had not seen them because I had taken them for granted. Mm-hmm. My logic was, I asked for those things. I exerted my faith. So I got what I asked for. Why thank God if I did all the work? Mm. I mean, I didn't consciously think that way, of course. Of course not, yeah. But the yeah. way I behaved, it revealed to me exactly that attitude. Mm-hmm. And when my eyes were opened, I couldn't believe how ungrateful I had been and how blind. Mm-hmm. And once gratitude began to flow, also the scripture started to open to me like never before. Mm-hmm. And the word of God became so much more alive. Yeah. But, it, but I also learned that when God asks us to do something in a difficult situation, he does mm-hmm. it so he can deliver us. In That's my right. case, it was self-pity that mm-hmm. wanted to drown me. God had to get me out of that. And gratitude was was the key. It was yeah. the opposite spirit. Yeah. So it's, I mean, at this time when we're living right now, it is so very popular to concentrate on self and self-love and love mm. yourself most. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole world around us pushes us to, to do. And this is what feeds self-pity that's right that's right and he cared more about your heart than your comfort yes exactly exactly yes yeah Yeah. I mean he knew that he would you know help me to get everything done and and provide and everything but he had to you know get my eyes off of myself yeah it's funny yeah, the uh, song. Sorry, go sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're, both excited, we're both excited. We're both excited. Yeah. You, you go first, Kat. I love Psalm 34 5 that says, They look to Him and we're radiant. Their mm-hmm. faces shall never blush for shame or be confused. Mm-hmm. We always get confused when our eyes are on ourselves and our problems and our difficulties. 
Mm-hmm. But God promises that when our we put our eyes on him, we will be radiant and our faces shall never blush for shame or be confused. Isn't that Amen. amazing? Amen. It is. And it, it reminds me of when Peter looks at the waves versus when he looks at Jesus, yes. right? He yes. walks on the water or do we look mm-hmm. at the circumstances? Do we look at the wind? Do we look at the waves? Um, but the thing that I was going to say when I interrupted you, and I'm so sorry, is that no. I was excited because you said I was blinded. And, and you yeah. are right, because one of the yeah. very first things as someone who practices gratitude, and it is a discipline, it's a choice, yes. it's a practice, it's an intentional thing we have to do. When you were talking about you were going for this walk with your dog, and you could only come up with these two things, eventually mm-hmm. the third thing, you literally were walking one of the things, your dog, you know, yes, and, it's like this, and you couldn't even see. No, no. You know, and so mm-hmm. it was such a great picture to show us how we can have these scales on our eyes. And yes. it's because we are not in the right heart space, mind space. Absolutely. We are not in alignment. You know, Jesus says that I'm the vine and you're the branches. Our only job is to stay connected to yes. the vine. Yes. He Absolutely. does everything else. He provides the light. Very he true. provides the fruit. He, yes. you know, we just need to stay connected to him. So it's yes. that same idea of that focus being on him and not ourselves. The branch, mm-hmm. if it isn't focused on the vine, it's dead. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was funny because as you were talking, like, when is she going to say her dog? Well, yeah. <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> Yeah, so just that was such a great example that shows us. And I think everyone listening, you should really take a good look because sometimes we can convince ourselves of the things that are reality and we're not always right. And it takes that perspective shift. And all we have to do is look to God. Yes. Amen. That's so true. And we forget that in the midst of, you know, difficulties in daily life. Yeah. 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 Now, I could probably go get a cup of coffee and talk for a couple of more hours. I really probably have, could. <laughs> yeah, enjoying this conversation. Um, I want to ask you one more question. It's always mm-hmm. the way I end the podcast just because I really love this question. It's very open-ended. It can be answered in so many ways. And I think it always has some wisdom that comes with every answer. So if you could go back and give your younger self any advice, what would that be? Don't be afraid. Don't conform. Just grab God's hand and go along with the adventure because mm. life with God is one big adventure. Mm, and sure he is. always picks us up. I mean, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never lets us down. Just grab his hand, trust him and go. Yeah. Well, that's wise advice. I would definitely take that. Um, I wish I could tell my younger self that. You know, and it's amazing what what God does with the years that the locusts have eaten, though. He still repays us with goodness for those years and somehow uses those experiences for us to bridge to other people or create things like your book that bring people hope and they help them to focus on God and know who he is. So um, he's amazing. And um I'm so lucky I get to talk about him every day. <laughs> I get encouraged by stories like yours. Um, I love that you ended up publishing your book by the same company um, that was the uh, part of the TV show that you watched when you uh, were saved. And I just, yes. um, I think that's pretty cool as well. Mm, yeah. But, yeah. Full circle. Can you yeah. Full circle? Yeah, it's pretty fun. So I just want to thank you again for coming and joining me today and sharing your story. And I I hope you have an amazing day, Eve. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been so much fun. Hey, so I just want to thank you so much for spending your time with me. And I want to challenge you to go out today and to just take notice and to stop and really look around and find at least one good thing. One thing to be thankful for. You know, if you do that today, you're going to find so many more things tomorrow without even trying. Because once you start, you begin to see what's always been there. 
And if you need a refill, you can come join me again for another cup. Make sure to subscribe and have an awesome day and go be grateful.